Man, we need to recognize the Lord and behold our God. Behold means to lift up, to, to give glory because he's in control. Behold our God. He reigns forever. And we need to always remember that and recognize it and don't give in to the things that, that are running around all, all around us. The Lord hit me and I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but, but, but I am still moved by his presence. But the Lord I told me the other day, if we just say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, behold our king. If we just say that every time that COVID was mentioned, it would change the world. I'm so sick and tired of hearing about COVID-19. It makes me want to puke. So when you hear that, I want to challenge you to say, behold my God, behold my King in Jesus' name. My point here today is if we were given Jesus the glory that we're given COVID-19, we wouldn't have COVID-19. Behold our King. Behold our King. Today the scripture reading is from John chapter 14 and uh, verses uh, 8. And it's talking about Philip here and he's saying something to the Lord and that's what we're going to talk about. While you're looking that up, again, I want to welcome those inside the church, but I also want to welcome those outside and those online. We're glad you're with us today. Also wanted to make a couple more announcements is, is don't depend on getting a hold of me through Facebook. Uh, I don't pay much attention to Facebook other than the Oakton stuff. And there was an important message I got Monday that, that I didn't open up until yesterday because I don't pay attention to Facebook. And, and so anyway, I mean, I do, but not like I do a text or a phone call. The other thing is that, that, that I also wanted us to remember today is uh, Paula Browse's, or, or Pauline Browse passed away. And we need to keep Crystal and uh, or Crystal Roby and her family in prayer. That's her grandmother. But also the Browse family, we need to be keeping them in prayer as well. And then as you heard in announcements earlier today, VBS starts tonight. And so uh, we need to break down these chairs after service if anybody wants to help with that. But again, we're in John chapter 14, verses 8 through 17. And, and uh, the points today are show us the Father. And then the second one is, you show them the Father. And the third thing is, ask anything in my name. And then the fourth thing is, keep my commands. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Man, do I not hear that all the time? If I could just see the Father right now, that would be enough. Man, if I could just see the Lord moving Right now, that's all I need. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Who can you say, or how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Verse 12. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and even greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to be with the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Again, in Jesus' name. Speak the words. It'll make a difference. And I will ask the Father, verse 16, and he will give you a helper. I'm going to back up to verse 15 because I don't think I read it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells in you and will be with you. And I want us to catch that. The world can't recognize him because they haven't recognized Jesus. They haven't recognized the Holy Spirit. So we hear it all the time. Show us the Father. You know, I probably said it with my own words. Father, where are you at? Show me your presence. What's going on around us? Where are you at, God? Show me your presence. And the Lord keeps speaking to me that he's moving and really revealing himself every moment of the day. But we're not acknowledging him and we're not implementing him in our life if we're not seeing him move. If we're asking them questions today, God, where are you? Just show yourself to me. Then we're not acknowledging him and implementing him in our lives like we should. Even in salvation, the Bible says, if we confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe on your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So when we speak, in other words, Jesus has already provided the salvation. He's already provided the forgiveness, the justification. He's done everything. So we got to acknowledge him by believing and confessing him, and we will experience salvation, Jesus. And that's the way it all works. If you want healing, Jesus has already provided the healing. We got to acknowledge that he provided the healing and ask for healing in our life, spiritually and physically, and we will see God. Again, God has provided everything that we need through his son, and we just need to call upon Jesus, and if it's according to his will, it will be done. God is moving all the time. His spirit is moving all the time. We just need to acknowledge that, believe it, and confess it, and move out in it, and it's more than salvation. It just starts there. In today's passage, Jesus was sharing this biblical truth with his disciples. Philip has said to Jesus, just show me the Father. If I could just see the Father, that would be enough. The same things that we cry out. And Jesus' response was, do you not believe? Man, I've been with you every day. Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? Do you not believe that I've spent these past two years or however long it's been, year, two years, three years, and and I've spoke words to you, and I continue to speak authority to you, and I dwell with you, and yet you do not see God? Jesus was doing the extraordinary around his disciples constantly. 
from the beginning. And Philip was still saying, wow, just show me God if I could just see God. And that's what I'm trying to get across to us today. We cannot fall into that same trap. Complaining and saying, God, where are you at? When his Holy Spirit is moving, I believe, all the time doing extraordinary things. God is moving with us, ahead of us, beside us, behind us, all the time wanting to do extraordinary things through us by his Holy Spirit. But we keep saying, God, where are you at? What are you doing? Because we're not recognizing him and the authority and believing in who he is. The scripture said today in the very last part of the scripture, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. That helper, the Holy Spirit, is with us. And I'm trying to implement this in my life. And, and I went down to this appointment and, and I said, Lord, I want you to use me today. And Father, how can I be used by you even going to this appointment and I walked in the doors, and, and to be honest with you, I got to sit in the car, get the call, go inside, get my temperature taken. And again, I'm not knocking all that. We need to honor those that are around us and honor the, what they're going through. And, and I'm trying to get past that and keep staying in tune with the Lord. And, and, and I get in there, and I sit in the chair, and, and I'm just, uh, just listening and I was talking to the person working on me, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said she just filed for a divorce recently. And it was so real like it is me talking right now. The Holy Spirit's alive and real working if we recognize and acknowledge him. And then we got to believe when he speaks to us, and, and it was so real. I'm sitting there, now what do I do with this? And I get nothing. Nothing. And I'm sitting here. I just dropped a bomb on me, Lord, and I get nothing now what I say. And so I sat there, I bet, five minutes. And finally, I said, how's you and your husband and your new endeavors? And, and she said, uh, I filed for a divorce in April. Whew. I'm sorry. I did not know that. You see where I'm at today? Father, where are you? Father, where are you? He's moving all the time. What are you doing with what he's giving you? So again, I sat there, Lord, where are you at? And, it, and I would get nothing until I opened my mouth. And the minute I opened my mouth up, the Lord would just start speaking through me. And I just said, the Lord wanted you to know that you're on his heart today and that he'll never leave you or forsake you. And man, we had a conversation after that. Father, where are you? His Holy Spirit's everywhere. He's with you. He goes before you. He goes behind you. We just need to listen and put ourselves in the position to be watching like me, so many times, it's after the fact. I said, oh, man, my gut told me to do that. I wish I'd have done that. You remember the story I told you about Drake last week? The Holy Spirit told me, to, hey, get a leash. 
Long story short, I decided I didn't need that leash. And something I didn't want to happen happened that was bad. And I cried out to God, where are you, God? And what God said, oh, didn't I tell you to get the leash? Really? God is speaking. Those gut feelings that we get is probably God two-thirds of the time. Now, I was trying to, today I was getting bombarded with something that was attacking me, but I believed it was from the devil, and, and the reason I believe that is because it's putting fear in my heart. And I was been praying about somebody in this church, and, and, and I didn't think you'd be here today. And the devil was attacking me. It's really heavier than you think. You're losing, and I was trying to discern, is that God or Jesus? But it's a fear coming in. And so I refused to give in to it, and then I saw you here today. And it was confirmation of what God has been telling me. But we got to continue to press into him. I believe the Holy Spirit is revealing himself to us each day, every day of the week. I believe God has revealed himself here today. What are we doing with that? Are we acknowledging him? Are we believing? Or are we walking out here? The same way we came in. As I told you guys that, that when, whenever COVID hit us and I was praying to God in Jesus' name. Remember I'm saying them together now. And, and, and the Lord spoke to me, COVID would be over when you want it to be over. Meaning when we take authority over it and curse it. As a nation, it'll be gone. But it's going to take a nation. It's going to take many people come together, unified in the things of God. The reason we can't see God move is because we struggle believing in who Jesus is, just like Philip was. We struggle with believing who the Holy Spirit is, just like Philip was. So this is a natural thing for us to battle. Uh, this is a disciple, one of Jesus' right hand. A lot of you say to me, if I was with Jesus, I wouldn't have made that mistake. Well, guys, you actually have the Holy Spirit in you, which is exactly the same because, well, probably more because Jesus wasn't always with his disciples 100% of the time. The Holy Spirit is with us 100% of the time. So actually, we have more than the disciples do. We have less excuse. But so many times it's like we listen to these things on the news. And, and again, I don't want to get political, but this just flusters me. When the CNN announcer said a lot of what you've been taught in school classrooms about American history has been propaganda. Adding that some things you need to unlearn. He goes on to say, Jesus Christ, if you believe in, if that's who you believe in, Jesus Christ admittedly was not perfect when he was here on this earth. So why are we defying the founders of this country, many of whom own slaves? And that statement ought to make us puke as men and women of God. Because if Jesus was not perfect, we just as well go home. I just went off camera so they don't see me on the TV. So I went home other than the voice. Now I'm back. 
And that's my point is if you give in to that, then you're not going to see God move in your life. If you believe that Jesus isn't the Son of God, then you can't be saved. If you don't believe Jesus rode from the dead, then you're not saved. If you don't believe Jesus is the Son of God, come on. 1 Peter 2.22 says Jesus committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. Hebrews 5.9 says in being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey. He was that perfect sacrifice. I was out power washing. That's my wedding rings not on the right finger. Because I've been out power washing, I think, about three or four hours a day after I get done working since Wednesday or Thursday. And my fingers have swelled up, I think, because of the saturation of water or whatever. No, I never got my ring off, and I can't get it back on. I don't know why I told you all that. <laughs> but I guess I, I do have a ring because it's tan, not tanned where my ring finger is. And that's my wife. We're still together. <laughs> so, anyway... But as I was power washing, my mother, hey, mom, she's watching at home. Um, anyway, I was outside, put the pictures up. I don't know what slide it is of the flowers. And you'll see in picture one that uh, on the left, we'll call it picture one with a goose. Uh, that one there has the same flowers that are drooping down over the other one with, on the milk stand there. And you'll notice that. Well, the goose is in the sun, but the other is in the shade. And we could preach we need to be in the sun. But really caught my eye is I see it all over our yard because of all the trees. When something's in the shade, it grows to the sun. And I cut down a tree that was a beautiful tree because it had literally grew up, and I wish I took a picture, and bent over and was trying to get into the sun and was on the ground with the top parts of the tree because it was trying to get out of the darkness into the light. And you see that the plant on the right has grown almost to the ground, whereas the, the, the goose hasn't really grown much at all. In other words, we got to reach for the sun every day. We got to reach out to the sun and call out upon Jesus in Jesus' name, and we will grow. He will move in us. We will see the presence of God. But if you want to sit dormant when the sun's all around you and not do anything, that's your business. You can. You could probably even scrape into heaven by the end of your teeth if you, just a little bit. But if you really want to experience God, then seek the sun. Press into the sun. Press into the Father. Press into the Holy Spirit. And that leads us into point two. God has called us to show them the Father. God has called each and every one of us that are believers to show others the Father. We keep looking for everybody else to lead the way when maybe it's you that needs to lead the way. The scripture in John 14, 12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Why? Because the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that's in you. And Jesus has gone to be with the Father. He had three years on this earth. We've had 50 or 55 almost for me. I guess I am 55. 
So you see what we're saying? Who said that? Who said I was old? Man. All right. I did get, at least I got an old instead of an amen, you know. And greater works than these will they do because I'm going to the Father. And this is Jesus speaking. You see, when the disciples acknowledged the Holy Spirit in their life and began to move out in the Holy Spirit and began to implement God and his will into their lives, the power of God began to just flow through them. And we see these great, powerful moves of God all out throughout the book of Acts. Very first thing, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give this thee, rise up and walk. They began to share and show the Father. They began to implement him in their lives. And I hear it all the time. Man, I want to see the Father at Oakton. I want to see the Father. Guys, I'd throw it back at you. The Father, the Holy Ghost is moving all the time. I would say to you, you need to be aware of him. One camp, we've been experiencing God like you wouldn't believe. We've experienced God today. The church has. The church has experienced the, the power of God was over me stronger than it's been in a long time just this morning. The power of God's been over one camp. We had a, a, a meeting uh, Tuesday after we went to Life Choices. Well, Life Choices, I think, starts up the move because we stepped out in the faith. And we stepped out and telling others about God and sharing our faith and, and it gets us excited. Then we go back to the, and began to speak and, and, and several people spoke and we had a move of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is moving through the people of Oakton. Man, the July 4th celebration, if you guys want to keep up with me on the pictures, you can. You may be, I haven't been turned around. But the July 4th celebration... Man, we reached 400 to 500 people. I couldn't even get a count. When I'd go up and try to count, I'd lose, and stuck, lose track of 260 to 280 because there was so much movement. And then I walked up over in this corner here to find out there's probably 100 people in their cars watching over here. I had more opportunities to minister and talk about Jesus and just to be in love with God and people at the 4th of July celebration as any other day. God is moving at Oakton. Man, we saw a, a miracle just for the fact that the person that won the corn toss, man, that had to be a miracle. <laughs> Who was that anyway? Who won the, the corn toss? Was that you, Joe? That was a miracle, wasn't it? Praise God. He's a praying man. No, I'm just giving him a hard time. He looks sharp today, doesn't he? I thought I was looking sharp, and he beat me again. <laughs> I don't know what you said, but people laugh, and I'll laugh with you. We uh, had sent, uh, really, a person, in, and some of you in church have been sending money to Liberia for rice because they're, they're, they're hungry over in Liberia, guys. We don't know how well we've got it here. And, and anyway, uh, we sent, the church sent $1,300 along with some other monies with the church. And so a good chunk of money has gone overseas, but 300 of that went to Reverend Bestman. And this was his response to me. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for food and remember the hungry. We thank Thee for health and remember the sick. We thank Thee for friends and remember the friendless. We thank thee for freedom and remember the enslaved. 
May these remembrances stir us to service, that thy gifts to us may be used for others. Amen. That really moved me. And then to find out later that he hadn't even been able to get a hold of the rice yet. It took him days to get the money. We sent the money and they didn't have it over there to receive it or they were closed or whatever. And he's praising God just for the thought of it. And he still, as of yesterday, did not have the rice, the food. But he was giving glory to God because God was hearing their cry. God was hearing them. God is moving and using Oakton to touch lives. The Holy Spirit is moving through you. I had Tammy look it up, but Oakton has ministered spiritually and physically to many people. Year to date, we have given $4,226.30 to help people in need. The Holy Spirit is moving at Oakton. This is above the tithes or the, the, the designated giving. We designate give $1,350 a month to different things. We give $250 a month just a good Samaritan for food. I'm not even counting that. Above our regular things that we're doing monthly. Above the $4,490 one-time giving that we do. God is moving at Oakton. The Spirit is moving here. It does not count Operation Christmas Child. The $2,500 spent there to send gifts and packages over the world. Two weeks ago, a person in the church sold property and gave over $58,000 to Oakton. That's biblical proportions. The Holy Spirit is moving. And that's a big amount of money. But last week, and I, it's hard for me to see up here with the light shining in me, on me, but... But Ivy that is in our youth group won a $50 door prize from the youth group because of uh, they put it in a drawing if they come so many times or whatever, and she won that door prize. And Ivy used it to purchase clothes, personal hygiene, and perfume for ladies at a local nursing home. That to me is just as big as the 58 grand that was given. Not knocking either one of them. God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus is moving at Oakton. VBS starts tonight. How is God working through you? I'm giving you an example to look at, but God's going to be sending people into our lives. If you're not signed up to be a part in some way through giving of some way, then how can God reveal himself to you through VBS? You following me? Every morning, how can God move through us if we don't read his word and pray to him? You following me? We need to acknowledge him, acknowledge the Holy Spirit around us and be sensitive to it above all other things. A lot of you say, you know, well, I'm going to make this quote. If you're not signed up to be used, then how can God use you over anything? If you're not signed up to be used at work, how can God use you? If you're not signed up to be used in your marriage, how can God demonstrate his power? 
The other night, I said some harsh things to my son and, and some and pretty tough things. And, and, and I said, I say that in love, son. And he said, Dad, don't you ever stop saying what's on your mind because I want to hear what you have to say and I'll never be upset with you. Are we willing to be used when it might hurt? Are we signed up to be used when it might hurt? A lot of us don't know how to do this when it's so simple. Jesus said, ask anything in my name and I will do it. So I thought, what better way to find out what Jesus will do than look it up? And I'm going to give you some scriptures here. But before I do a commentary, he said it like this. Praying in the name of Jesus means Jesus will answer any prayer that he would have prayed. Think about that. Again. Jesus would answer any prayer that he would have prayed. So Jesus wouldn't pray anything contrary to the Bible. Jesus wouldn't say anything or pray for anything contrary to God's words. So that ought to be narrowing things down right there. So I put WWJPF. What would Jesus pray for? Jesus' famous prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane in John chapter 17. He prayed that God would be glorified. We keep talking about that, that sometimes if we just say, behold our king, the spirit of God will move. Do you guys realize that, that God didn't move on me when I prayed for my family or prayed for all these things that we need? God moved on me today when I raised my hands and said, behold my king, meaning giving glory to the Lord. Maybe we need to be giving glory to the Lord Again, I stole it from my notes already. Instead, when we, if we do say COVID-19, say in Jesus' name, behold my king. The second thing is Jesus prayed for, I guess I didn't read you the scripture, but it's in John 17. I glorified you on earth having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Man, have you accomplished the work that God has given you to do? To be honest with you, I've had this conversation because, again, I'm 55. And I have not accomplished the vision that I believe the Lord gave this church. We have not accomplished what I believe the Lord's given this church. And I don't want to go to my grave without accomplishing that. I know a pastor that the Lord gave a vision to. And I'm like, well, why aren't you doing that? Oh, I'm too old now. Okay then why did God give you the vision? And again, I don't say that judgmental today because, again, check me on this because I'm going off pure thought, but, but if I'm correct, Elijah, God asked him to do two or three things and he didn't do one of them and he was taken to heaven in a chariot. So I'm not throwing judgment at you today. I'm just saying I want to be used of God and accomplish what God's called me to do. Protection in John 17, 11. 
Jesus prays that the Father would protect his church physically, spiritually, and that the church's faith would remain strong until Jesus returned. John 17, 11, Holy Father, keep them in your name which you have given me that they may be one even as we are one. So we can pray, God, make your church strong. That's Jesus prayed that way. Well, who's the church? You guys. I can pray, God, make Rustin strong. When God puts him on my heart, that's God's will. God, make my wife strong. That's God's will, spiritually and physically. We just need to pray like Jesus prayed. And it's simple things. We make it too hard. We beg for 30 minutes instead of just saying, Jesus, be with my father, be with my mother, be with my son. That's his will that they would be like him. Holiness, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth, John 17, 7. Jesus prayed for his church to be sanctified, that they would be made holy, that they would not know the truth of God, and, that they would know the truth of God and reflect the glory of God on this earth. We need to strive daily to be holy, to be sanctified. You know, those sins that we're battling, you say, I can't get rid of this, or God's word's okay with this. No, God wants us to be holy. And so we can pray for those things that aren't holy in our life. It's his will to take them. And we can know that he'll take them away. Church growth through winning the lost. Jesus prays for those who will believe through the message of the disciples. Are we praying for VBS tonight? That's Jesus' will that we pray for the lost, that the lost come in. That people are saved, that families are saved. That's a prayer that we should be praying. In John 17, 20, Jesus said, And do not ask for these only, but offer for the, also for those who believe in me through their word. In other words, the ones to come. What about the prayer on the cross? Jesus prays for forgiveness. Father, forgive them for they know what they, what they do. A lot of us are carrying around unforgiveness because we can't get past it. Man, look at Jesus on the cross. He took on more things to, to be upset about than we could ever think about. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know what, what they do. God doesn't want unforgiveness in our life. And, and his will is that we can pray and it will be gone. And a lot of times, guys, I tell you, it's as simply as when I'm upset with somebody Father, forgive them. I'm sorry for the way I'm acting, but forgive us, Lord. And even when I don't feel it, it just seems like it starts working it. And the next thing I know, I'm over it. But this nation is struggling with unforgiveness. And it'll be our downfall if we can't come, up, come against it. There's unforgiveness all over the place. All this ethnic divide, there's unforgiveness all through all of this stuff. On all sides. See, we can pray for all these things. Guys, what we've already prayed here covers almost everything that we're afraid of in the news. Jesus was alone and abandoned whenever all the sin of the world rested on him. And he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 
Well, I believe for a second or two, Jesus, the presence of God left him and he, and he cried that out. But because of Jesus and the cross, God will never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus will never leave us or forsake us. The Holy Ghost will never leave us or forsake us. So if you're feeling alone and abandoned today, that's not from the Lord. We can pray against that and for that. <laughs> My dog's even on medication today. Isn't that funny? Benji was struggling, was going to put him down, but he's on meds now. We got to get a med for everything. Med for anxiety, med for this, med for that. Well, maybe we just need to say, God, I need you. I'm feeling abandoned and alone. Touch me. Jesus prayed commitment that he would, Father, into my hands I commit my spirit. Jesus gave his life to God. We can pray that. Father, here's me. I know I got a lot of mistakes on me, but here I am. Take me. And then he was like Reverend Benjamin or Bessman from Africa. Africa, Jesus prayed by faith. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. By faith, we step out. We can get into Jesus when he cried out, not my will, Lord, but your will. You be glorified. That's something we can pray. In Romans 7, when Paul was saying, I don't know why I do the things I do. I do the things I do. I don't understand it. I do it. And we're all like, how do you preach that? How do you talk about that? It's when our will's not lined up with God, we can pray, Lord, let your will line up or let my will line up with yours. When they prayed, Father, help my unbelief. Lord, help my will line up with yours. And Jesus confirms that through the Lord's Prayer. But when you go to pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. You guys hear that? You don't have to say a lot of words. Just speak your heart. Don't be like them, for the Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, we're glorifying God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. We're wanting his will done in our life. We want the will of God on earth that is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. In other words, God, sustain me. Father, uh, feed my family. Father, provide the, for the bills or provide for that. But we call on the Lord to sustain us. And forgive us not our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Again, that forgiveness. Father, help me not to be caught up in unforgiveness. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In other words, we're asking God to help me be sanctified. Help me to be holy. Father, don't let me be caught up by the enemy. Father, protect me. So Jesus sums it up in his prayer, everything that he prays. We're going to close with the last point of the day. And the last point of the day to me is the key. 
If you love me, you will keep my commands. Isn't that a pretty picture of Oakton there? I run out and, and, and saw that rainbow. I was coming by the church, and it was over the church. And, man, I posted something cool on Facebook and thought I had a pretty picture. And my daughter had to one-up me, just like her. She had to go out there and say, this has done, Dad. That's what she said, too. No, she didn't. But that picture has floated Facebook like you wouldn't believe. And it's caught the American flag and the church and everything that we're struggling with and the rainbows reminds us that God will never leave us or forsake us, that he's with us. It's a beautiful picture. We need to frame it and put it on the wall, daughter. <laughs> but loving God, loving people, and obeying his commandments is the key. Last week, I really hit on loving people, and we talked about in 1 Corinthians 11 how that we handle differences reveals our true character. Uh, Paul said we're going to have differences of opinion. They're unavoidable, yet they will reveal which ones among you truly have God's approval, and that's the scripture itself. But the mature, the righteous We'll overlook the temptation to sin, to overlook the temptation to be angry, to look over the, the temptation to be offended, and to look over the faults of others to maintain love and unity of the body, to maintain love and unity with God. The immature will cause splits, divisions, and cliques around their respective opinions. The one who God approves are those whose hearts remain pure in spite of petty differences. And that's righteousness. That's obeying God's words. That is loving God and loving people. Let's stand to our feet today. If you're here today and you're not saved, if you're online and you're not saved, if you're outside and you're not saved, before you can see God, you've got to confess and believe him. And so if you're here today and you need Jesus Christ in your life, I want you to come up and receive him today.